0: For scripture reading today, I'm going to read from Matthew 6, verses 1 through 15. And I'll be reading from the NIV. In Matthew 6, 1 through 15. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins.
1: Good morning. As Doug has already mentioned, we begin a new series. This series on the Lord's Prayer, it's been a number of years, I think, since we've done anything as a sermon series with it, but we have referred to it many times. A couple of things to note. This prayer comes in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. So Matthew 5, 6, and 7 are, uh, is the longest discourse from Jesus that we have record of. This was his considered to be his inaugural speech, his, his opening statement of his mission in the world. And so it's significant and smack in the middle of the three chapters of his sermon, he gives the Lord's Prayer. So there are a few different things that he's trying to work at in in this sermon, but in the middle of it, we see in starting with verse one here, we see this address of, of a contrast between one way that that. People understood the expression of their faith in a different way, and and so you may hear throughout this uh, some different views and some different uh, a, a different angle. I hope God the Spirit speaks to you a different angle of how the, the 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 Lord's Prayer and and how God is speaking through it when He is saying this is the way to pray. Now I've been uh, learning about the importance and thinking about reflecting on what it means to have a, make a declaration. I don't know if you know, have thought about that much. We often think of that when uh, we, the declaration of independence or the declaration of, of a statement of faith, a declaration of something that, that, that sets us apart. It, it clarifies where we're at. When you declare something, you've just taken a position. On something, you declare it. And and I want to just say that in today's culture, in today's world, growingly people are making declarations about everything but God, making declarations about all kinds of positions and perspectives. And and I think this call of the Lord's prayer is a call for us to say, declare yourself first of all to God, the Creator the Redeemer, and the Sustainer. So declare is a very common word in the Psalms. In fact, uh, it, is, it expresses itself in praise, sometimes in boast, but many, many times it is a proclamation. So essentially, uh, we're being taught that uh, we're called to proclaim who God is to us. And so this morning, where it's going to be a very, you, you think, well, maybe this is going to be a very short sermon because the only thing that we're covering is is uh, our Father who art in heaven. That's it. What, what more can you say about that, right? That's just very simple. Actually, the statement, our Father is a declaration. It is a statement about who we are, and we're going to get into that and just unwrap that today. For us to say our Father, we are making a declaration. We are taking an action. Similar to what Joshua did in Joshua 24. You know, there was a lot of difficulty, and the people of Israel were not in the best position with God. And finally, uh, Joshua makes it extremely clear to the people to the children of Israel. And I think he makes it explicitly clear to us today. And here's what he says in Joshua 24:14. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. And here's his declaration. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I think today that the, the, the this country this world needs to hear more of the church saying as for us as for me and my house my family as for me and and all that i am i will choose to serve the lord so we don't often think of the first two words our father as being a declaration but it is it is our father in Job 22, 28, it says, you will also decree a thing and it will be established for you and light will shine all on your ways. So the Lord's Prayer, there are two versions of it that we see in scripture. This one is the longer version found in Matthew and then there is a shorter version that is also in Luke. And um, and and what we see is this contrast. All throughout the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has been contrasting. You've heard it said this way, but I tell you this. You can do this, or you can do this. He was constantly contrasting. You've heard it said this, but I'm telling you this. You can declare whatever you want to about this, but here's what I'm telling you. Here's what I offer you. Here's what is different in what I'm calling for from you as a follower of Jesus, as my follower. So when we pray, uh, or get, we're we're to recognize that first of all there is a difference between what God offers us and what the world offers us, and Jesus has been talking about this, and that's why I included uh, the the first number of verses of. Matthew 6, because he's in two things. He's talking about how people pray for show. You know, people go out onto the streets and, and, and make a point of everyone being able to see how great and eloquent their prayer is. Or they give, and they make sure that other people are looking when they give. Did you see that? Did you see that? Years ago, I was on the platform as a very young pastor, Uh, I was in my first year of being a youth pastor here. I sat right here on a bench. And the the ushers came up to receive the offering. I didn't know what to do because I had forgot to do my envelope. So I did what I believe all of you would have done too, right? As, As faithful Christians, I threw my checkbook into the offering plate. And then I enjoyed the vision of the plate being passed down through the rows and seeing people go, hey, did you see that? Somebody threw their checkbook in the... You know, you gotta have a show, right? I was so worried about what people would think if I didn't put anything into the offering plate. That is just as bad as making sure somebody, you know, does see... How much you're putting in, you know, and and it's and Jesus was addressing this superficiality of of the culture, this this whole idea that everything you do is for show. And Jesus is saying, no, there's a different way of doing it. You shouldn't do it in public so that other people can see it. It's not the problem. Is the problem isn't that you're giving? He's not criticizing that he's saying you're giving for the wrong motives you're giving in a way that other people can see and he contrasts that by saying I know the father knows what you're putting in and do it in secret do it in a way that is honoring God because if I'm doing it for other people to see I'm not giving proper honor to God. Now, he talks about that in terms of those two things, in terms of their giving and in terms of their praying. And so when he comes to the Lord's Prayer, he's basically saying, Look, you don't pray for an earthly reward. You don't pray for how the public views it and the superficial look of being greatly religious. You don't do it as a professional, lofty prayer. It's a big mistake. Many people are hesitant to pray because they they don't know how to pray. And I will guarantee you that by this standard, Jesus is saying, you can offer the clumsiest, most awkward and simple prayer ever. And it is going to be far more powerful in the kingdom of God than any prayer you've ever heard publicly. Believe that. That Jesus is saying, this then is how you should pray. Jesus is offering to us this clarity of what God is really asking for in his people. So this is an act. It is a declaration. And the first thing is, it's an act of of essentially enlisting, an act of identifying with being part of the kingdom of God. It is an act of, of acknowledging who God is. And so uh, when it talks about, you know, the, the, the prayer goes on later to talk about thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Basically, uh, what we're talking about is the prayer is is designed for us to first of all acknowledge that God who is in heaven is the creator and is the one that is in charge. If I don't acknowledge the kingdom of God above the kingdom of this world and to be fulfilled through the kingdom of this world, then I'm gonna get caught up into all the trappings, the arguments, all of the things, all of the superficial motives, all of the concerns about how I look and, 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 how other people view me and all of that. And that takes us into an imprisonment, into a slave and sinful mentality. The kingdom of God. I am identifying with that. James 5.16 says, the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Now, why would that be? Because someone who is living right with God is living in the kingdom of God and is representing the kingdom of God in all that they do and they say. And they're giving honor to God and they're acknowledging God. Secondly, it is an act of humbling ourselves. It's taking our rightful place in relation to God. It is basically saying I don't know everything. I don't have all the facts. I don't understand. I'm confused with all of the, the information, misinformation, uh, all that that's out there is confusing. We know that, especially in these last two, two to however many years, growingly over the last 20 years, the political process and the, the social justice process All of those things make it even more difficult for a believer to understand and stay centered on what is right and good and pure. And we get lost in it. And so if we're going to humble ourselves, if we're going to actually say, okay, Scripture tells us that God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Do I believe that? Oh, no, no, no. Look, God, I read an article the other day. I gotcha. Somebody told me this yesterday, God, and, and, they, and they're a good person. So that's it. That's, that's the authority. It, boom. And we get caught up into that. We do. I know we do. We all we, we pick and choose and we, we figure out, and, and we don't start by saying, God, I don't have a clue. I don't know, but I trust in you. And so when we say our Father who art in heaven, that prayer right there is essentially acknowledging you, God, speak from heaven. You, the creator, are the authority that guides and directs my life, and I am acknowledging that, that I am humbling myself before the will of God. And it is also an act, it's, it's basically when we humble ourselves before God, we're trusting in God's provision. Philippians 4.19 says, My God will meet all my needs according to the riches of his glory in Jesus Christ. Isaiah 41.10, I will not fear, for God is with me. I will not be dismayed, for he is my God. He will strengthen me and help me. He upholds me with his right hand. Do we believe that? That when we pray, we are called to pray. Because remember what Jesus said. He said, this is how you should pray. It wasn't a formula. It wasn't an exact, you have to exactly use these words. But these words he chose that he gave as an example were important. I recognize who God is, and I recognize who I am in relation to that. And I humble myself before God. It's also, thirdly, an act of honor and respect. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do do it with gentleness and respect. Do it honoring. So we honor Christ when we are supporting him and proclaiming him to other people. And we may do that verbally, we may do it with our actions, but in any case, we do that in a way that is, again, giving honor and respect to God we have this contrast because we often say well you know we can we can say to god and express our frustrations to god and we can but you'll notice in most of the psalms of lament where where they just they're i mean the psalmist is very honest in saying lord when will you relent i'm getting bashed and beaten and whatever and then in most most of those laments At the end, they say, but you, O Lord, are my God and I can submit to you, acknowledge who you are to me and respect God rather than simply use God as a demand vending machine spiritually that we can just hit the right code buttons and out pops the thing that meets our needs at the given time. Psalm 34, 6-9 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. That word fear is not being scared and afraid, it is being afraid it is honoring and it is respecting and it is acknowledging again that you are my God and I am your servant. I owe everything to you. Even in Revelation 5.13, at the end of all things, it says, and I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb Be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. How much are we honoring God by centering on who He is and who we are? Honor and respect is called for. And those simple words, our Father, are an acknowledgement of that. Fourth thing that we declare by saying this prayer is that it is an act of identifying ourselves as God's people. It is an act of community. Notice he didn't say, my father who art in heaven. Why our? Why make that plural except that it was intended that all of God's people together raise up the name of God give that honor and respect identify God's kingdom that it is it is us together as a community of believers that were called to acknowledge God as a member of the faith. In Genesis 1:27, it says, So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. We were created in God's image, and here we are, stumbling, confused, dealing with more psychological and social issues and all kinds of issues, and we can't figure out what layers of what and where and how, and and God is basically saying, no wonder you can't, because you haven't clarified who you are in me. I know I've said this before, I'll say it again because I, I, I love it. Um that Carl Menninger, the founder of the Mininger Clinic in Kansas, basically said he was a he was a Christian and he started a, a fantastic clinic for all kinds of mental, emotional, psychological issues. He said, if I could convince all the people that come through these doors, if I could convince them that their sins are forgiven, 80 to 90% of all their troubles would be solved. Essentially saying that this issue of, of, of forgiveness, this issue of being part of God's People and part of God's community is reclaiming my image that I was created with, the image of God, and to reclaim that. And if I don't reclaim that, I can go through all kinds of, uh, of of services and help and counseling and everything else. But until I reclaim myself as a child of God and as a as a a person that is valued and loved so much that God sent His Son Jesus. For my sake. Until I understand that. My faith will struggle. I'll be trying to do it on my own. I won't be identifying myself. As part of God's kingdom. 2 Corinthians 5.17 said. Therefore if anyone is in Christ. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold. Behold. The new has come. How many of us have claimed that verse, claimed it because it's offered to us in scripture. We want to be identified as a new creation. In 1 Peter 2.9, he says it in an in even more specific way. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are redefined. We are redefined by declaring who God is to us and by declaring in no uncertain terms that we are a child of God. That's a declaration that is all there in saying our father who created me and redeemed me and sustains me, our father, I am your child. I was created in your image. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me now we're not glorifying ourselves but we're not condemning that which God sent his son to die for and we're called to take that act of declaring our identity in Christ fifth an act of declaring our mission. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, I am strong and courageous. I will not be afraid for, of anyone. For the Lord my God goes with me and he will not fail me or forsake me. When we are identifying God as our father who speaks of the authority of heaven and the kingdom of God, when God declares something in my life, it will be enough for me it, he will give me courage. And He's promised His presence. He's promised His power. He's promised His peace. The, the, the whole work of the Holy Spirit in our lives clearly gives us a mission to share that with other people. So we should be in prayer to our Father in a way that we accept that calling to declare not only our salvation. Our identity, our community, our belief in Christ, we're called to declare it to other people. If you have asked Christ to be your personal Savior and Lord, then God is your Father. And with God as our Heavenly Father, we desire to have a healthy relationship with Him. And as our Father, we long for and cherish those times all through life where God's presence is there and it's sufficient for us. Our heavenly father, God longs for those times just as we long for peace, long for joy and long for a sense of purpose in life. And so we should pray to our father, our father who art in heaven. And we should acknowledge that while he was contrasting all of the great and lofty professional prayers, I will still go back to my grandpa. I'd love to hear him pray. And he would pray at dinner time, or for holidays when we were over. And my dad would, quite most of the time, would turn to invite him to have a prayer. And the thing that struck me about it, it was not religious. It was not an eloquent and crafted prayer. It was just so honest and just rolled off as if it came from within him in a deeply personal way. That's what God desires. He also desires for us to call upon him as our father as a way of saying he wants an intimacy with us. And let me tell you, We're in a world where a lot of people are hurting and dying without that sense of God's peace. And that should motivate us to make a decision to choose this day whom we will serve and declare our Father who art in heaven and and stop there and repeat that over and over again till we begin to believe in what he means when we say that and when we pray that there was a little boy standing on the banks of the mississippi river waving and shouting at a steamboat as it was going by he was beckoning the steamboat to come to the shore and there was another person a stranger that was there and he said oh come on he said that's that's foolish young man the boat will never come ashore for you the captain is too busy to notice your waving and shouting. And then the boat turned and headed for the shore. The little boy grinned and said to the stranger, The captain's my daddy. The captain of the universe is our Abba Father. He pays attention to our petitions because he loves us. The first words of, of this prayer encourage us to call him Father. He is the Lord of the universe as well as the one who loves us so much that he sent his son for us. We're called to not just take him for granted, but to be clear in declaring with boldness, Lord, this day we want to be identified as your daughter, as your son. We want to be identified as a member of your kingdom, and we want to hold high the banner that, that clearly says your kingdom, Lord, is the one that I serve, and to be bold in that. As we close today, we're gonna to sing a song that is a little newer for you. I, you may have heard it on the radio, but I want you to really pay attention to the words of this song. Uh, because this song really is talking about who we are and who God is to us. And I'll just tell you, until we resolve and, and commit ourselves to that loving relationship, we will flounder in this world and we'll struggle. But isn't it incredible that we are offered this relationship through Jesus Christ and through Jesus' wonderful example of prayer Our father, he's a good, good father.